Good idea, Gav, she said, passing him his cup. A chair with three legs isn't much use, eh? She smiled. Good idea, Gav, I said. Dad looked at me and frowned. Then he took his coffee and went through the back door. A horn beeped outside. Robbie took his bowl to the sink and pulled up his football socks. Mrs. Davids is here, he said, looking through the window. Good luck for the game, said Mum, grabbing him and squeezing. And thank Mrs. Davids for the lift. Robbie was twelve, six years older than me, and Mum's first miracle. Her ovarian was crusted with cysts like barnacles on a boat. I saw a picture on Dr. Eric's wall. The boat was deep in the water, and there was hardly any space. Only one tiny hole that took me six years to find. Her second miracle. Robbie headed for the front door. Bye, Robbie. Bye. Good luck in the game, I said. But he was already gone. Dad's shed was a garage with a roller door that didn't roll. Dad used the thin door in the side instead. The shed was the one place Mum didn't tidy. You leave Dad alone when he's in there, Jimmy, she said. I hung around the doorway and looked in at Dad and rode my three-wheeler up and down the concrete path and onto the grass, then back onto the path, then onto the grass. Dad was drawing something on the wall. I dropped my three-wheeler and went closer to the open door. He was drawing lines around his tools with a texter. What are you doing that for, Dad? I asked him. Dad? So I don't lose my tools, son, he answered. Look. He took the hammer off the wall. Left behind was the outline of the hammer. Now I know where the hammer should go. I'll know when it's missing. I should have done this years ago. He shook his head, then put the hammer back into the drawing of itself. In the corner of the shed was a small fridge where Dad kept beers. There were stickers on the fridge door, pictures of highways that led to the beach. One said, Golden Valley Highway. Another said Southern Lands Highway, and one said Great Coastal Road. Some of the stickers had a wave curling over. Others had a fish or a fishing rod. The shed was where Dad went to fix things like a chair. I stayed at the open door and watched him where he stood, gripping the chair between his legs, his mouth tight with a nail sticking out his lips bitten back as he hammered at the place where the leg had snapped. The refinery's magnetic powers streamed through him and drew me. I couldn't leave him alone. Soon he came out of the shed, pushing past me with the chair. Paula, he called. Mum came into the yard. Oh, love, that didn't take you long. She looked closer at the leg he had fixed. Think it's strong enough to hold your other half? She smiled at him. "'Course it is,' he said, before turning away. Her need was like a blanket you throw on a fire to extinguish the flames. Dad couldn't breathe under there. Dad pulled the lawnmower out of the shed. I wished I could mow. I liked the way the grass got sucked under then sliced off. While Dad took out the jerry can, I ran my fingers down the long handle of the mower until I reached the round orange body. I wished I could turn the mower upside down and put a stick in the blades and see it get cut in half. I wanted to see how fast those blades could go. 
Careful, Jimmy, Dad called out to me. He unscrewed the lid of the jerry can and poured the petrol into the mouth of the mower. I squatted beside it and watched the air shimmer and cloud. It didn't matter how far the fuel travelled or how long it was stored, it never lost energy. If you lit a match and held it near, the air would catch fire. When he'd finished pouring, Dad screwed the lid back onto the jerry can and put it beside the shed wall. I watched him cross the yard, his body small and quick. He stood over the engine, legs apart, and pulled the cord. The ladies on his arm shot up into the air, nearly knocked off his muscle. The sun behind him shone bright in my eyes. It didn't work, Dad. It didn't work, I said. Dad pulled at the cord again, harder. The motor still didn't start. Underneath.